Welcome to the Who They Talk podcast. We've got Jay and Braden here. Uh, today we're going to be discussing the Bengals-Bucks game, uh, some little bit of tidbits around the NFL, and lastly we're going to discuss some NFL draft tight end prospects. Um, what did you think about uh, this past week's game? I know we started off pretty strong and then we kind of finished very poorly and kind of got lucky at the end, but uh, what did you think? Uh, I think this game kind of shows – I'm going to start off with the offense. This offense can be as good as it wants to be. Like, I know we're facing the Bucks. They have one of the worst defenses in the NFL, but we obviously, as just said, started off very strong, and we wanted to drive down their throats. And then second half, we decided we wanted to be conservative, so we went conservative. And then the final drive, we decided we wanted to score, so we went down and scored. So, I really think we have all the talent we need for this offense to see, even with the injuries we have. It's just up to coaching. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, we started off strong. Uh, Terrell Austin really didn't, but Bill Lazor and Marvin Lewis started off strong. Um, but for Bill Lazor, he, the play calling was great, in my opinion. Um, there were a few things, obviously, but you're never going to have perfect play calls all the time. And Marvin Lewis actually played aggressive. He went forward and fourth down like twice. Uh, that's unheard of coming from a guy like him. Um, so, yeah, it started off very strong. Uh, defense had some, like, I don't know if the four interceptions were all in the first half. I think it was two or three in the first half. Two and but two, I think. Two and two. Yeah, so they had some nice interceptions, even though they were kind of gifts. And we kind of rolled like that. Uh, defensively, the play calling wasn't there, though. And that kind of showed, <laughs> showed through the whole game. I mean, you shouldn't have four turnovers and give up 35 points like that. That just doesn't really mix well. Um, Terrell Austin, I think he needs to go at this point. Uh, yeah. I, I know I know we've been saying it for weeks now, but he's just not adjusting to this to this team. And how how are you going to get gifted four interceptions? You're, you're plus four on the turnover ratio, or whatever you want to call it. You're plus four on turnovers, and you give up thirty five points. I don't I don't understand that. Like with a team like we have, it's not like we have the Browns roster. We have the Jets roster or whatever, the Cardinals roster, we shouldn't be having gift. We shouldn't be being gifted four turnovers and giving up 35 points. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, especially when they don't have a running game, like, it, I don't know. I, I'm a little heated over it, but yeah. Yeah. It was not, it was not a good game from Terrell Austin at all. Uh, overall, Bill Lazor did okay. Marvin Lewis did okay in the first half, but it, it's just lack of adjustments. I mean, same story. I mean, we're not really going to get any better at that at this point. Uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of got to hope that. I mean, it, I don't want to say we don't. We're not going to get better at it just because we're. I mean, some games we do have halftime adjustments, and I think when they go into half and they're leading, I feel like they get kind of cocky about it and they just don't really do anything in that locker room. Yep, and I think yeah, we've seen that every time. Like against the Colts this year, we were losing at half. We made halftime adjustments and. Against the Ravens, we're up by 14, kind of comfortable at that point. We don't adjust at all, and it's kind of been the story of the whole year. And like you think after in the previous 15 years, Marvin would maybe take a hint that you just can't go ultra conservative. And, and in the second half, I for the lack of offense, especially going four straight three and outs to start the half, I put I put 50-50 blame half on Laser, half on Marvin. Yeah, the play calls could have been better, but ultimately this has been Marvin's story his whole coaching career, and he just keeps going conservative and keeps not working. 
And you'd think if you were a head coach for a decade and a half, you'd kind of learn, like, a little bit along the way, but I guess not. Uh, I guess he thinks mediocrity is all right. Um, but into the specifics, uh, I mean, it's weird how bad we played, but how many players played great individually. Uh, like, when I say this, I mean, like, Jesse Bates had a career game. Oh, I mean, he was he was outstanding. I saw his PFF grade was like ninety two point three. Yeah, I saw that five minutes ago too. But I mean, I wasn't even considering that at that point. Uh, I mean, he played great. I think right now, according to PFF, uh, I saw that connected with the tweet. He's like the third best safety in the league. I think that's crazy. Uh, great pick, obviously. Um, he was a guy I was really high on coming into the draft. And Personally, I wanted him in the third round. I didn't think second round was necessarily a reach. I just thought I would rather have had a linebacker or another offensive tackle there. But, I mean, hey, it worked out um, as long as he got him, right? And um, Jesse played – yeah, sorry. Jesse Bates played well. Carlos Dunlop had two sacks, I believe. Yep. Um, Gino Atkins, we didn't really see much from him. He was double uh, the whole time out at the game, I kind of noticed it. Then I came home, I recorded the game, I rewatched it, and they were doubling him every time. Yeah, uh, I kind of suspect. I kind of suspected that was that was going to be the case coming into the game. Um, but I mean, other than that, obviously we talked about Carl Lawson being out for the year. Um, Actually, we haven't yet. We haven't yet. Oh yeah, well, Carl Lawson tore his ACL in that game. Uh, it's been confirmed that he's going to be out for the year. He's on IR. Um. It's a big hit. I mean, his sack totals don't show it, but he's been generating more pressure this year than he did last year, uh, and he's he's a key cog in that offense or in that defensive line. And we're gonna we're gonna miss him a lot. It's gonna show. Uh, might might not show in the sack total. Well, actually, I think we're gonna see a little bit of decline in the sack totals just because I mean, he a lot of the times when we see other guys getting sacks, he's on the back end of that pushing it towards them. So. I mean, it's he. It's a big loss, no mistake. Um, on the offensive line, I thought the offensive line played great. I mean, yeah, it was even with the second half kind of lull by when we couldn't get the run going. I mean, I really can't say name a player on the offensive line who played bad. Right him in for once and allow a pressure. Bowling got hurt, but then Westman comes in and he doesn't allow a pressure. And yeah, I mean, Hopkins but... had his best game of his young career. Cordy Glenn had a holding call, but other than that. I didn't see anything bad from him. Bobby Hart played relatively well. Yeah, I don't know if we even gave up a sack. I don't think so. No. Uh, it's kind of annoying, though. Like, the one game we need Alex Redman to play bad, so Westerman takes over. He plays his, plays his ass off. I, uh, I, it kind of makes me a little bit, like, not mad, obviously, because I'm glad we won the game. But it would have been nice if Westerman played, played as well as he did and Redman kind of struggled a little bit just so you could see Western get some snaps at right guard. But um I mean Vita Vey isn't very good as of now and how about Andy Dolan's hard snap? He got them to jump six times. Yeah, he's he's one of the best in the NFL at the hard count. I mean he he got him good. Uh I I I don't wanna blame I don't wanna give it all on him. I think a lot of I think Bill Lazor is calling a lot of that. Uh I mean I don't know. I think he was calling a lot of that from the sidelines. However, I think there was a few in there where Dalton was – he was the, uh, he was behind the, behind it all. And also, I mean, we don't talk about this enough, but Frank Pollock, that's a lot of – like the reason why they succeeded, we can give him a lot of the credit for that because the offensive lineman didn't jump. 
Discipline. Uh, they didn't give it away. So I think that's something, the discipline that Frank Pollock has been instilling in our offensive line, that's something that we can look at and thank for that. Absolutely. And speaking of offensive line coaches, Paul Alexander got fired from the Cowboys. Just Yes, he did. And I'm just I, laughing. Imagine being – he was here for what, 20 years? 20 years? 24. Was it 40? 24. 24 years. He was here for 24 years, should have been fired 10 years ago. And Dallas Cowboys had the balls to fire him after eight weeks, which is – this tells us a lot. I mean, Pat Terrell said this uh, on Twitter, and it's something I completely agree with. She said something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, he's been in, he was in Cincinnati for 24 years, took us 24 years to fire him. And I went to Dallas six weeks or eight weeks or whatever. And, and I mean, it says a lot about our franchise, as she said. Yeah. Um, and the Cowboys have one of the better talent-wise offensive lines. And as soon as he comes in, there's a dip in their <laughs> performance. It's like – I've never seen a, uh, an offensive line coach cause the decline of an offensive line that has three all-pro players on it so fast. I mean, I know one of them's hurt, but like still. Bad. I mean, come on. Like, coaching, it can be that bad, and just his style is so outdated. Like, it's pretty – that's why, like, defenses are – with the new defenses in the NFL, they're going to take advantage of that. That's what teams have been doing. Yeah, I believe Ben Albright tweeted uh, – it might have been Ben Albright. It might have been Adam Schefter. Um, they, they said that some player – a lot of the players that uh, played under him say that there's no other offensive line coach in the NFL that coaches like he does. And I don't think that was necessarily a good thing. Uh, I mean, if everyone else is doing something different, that's not really a good sign. Um, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's just step away from that a little bit. Uh, I don't want to get caught up in that. Um, But, yeah, uh, Mixon had a great game running behind the offensive line. Uh, He had two touchdowns. He Did he hit 100 yards? Yeah, he had uh, over 120. He had over 100 in the first half. Rushing yards or scrimmage? Rushing yards. Really? Okay, maybe I, I must have missed a little bit. He had a big 43-yard run that helped. That's that. what it was. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he had a great game, obviously, even though the offensive line kind of kind of slowed down a little bit in the second half. I still think, I mean, Mixon's a great player, and if once we can get him a actual decent line, I think it's going to be – he's going to be great. He's going to be an all-pro. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than the offensive line – uh, the defensive line you talked about. I thought the linebackers played a lot better than I really expected. Uh, I didn't really see much wrong with the linebackers. I mean, I saw Hardy Nickerson have a few mistakes, but I mean, and I think Jordan Evans might have had one or two catches allowed on him. But I mean, Evans, I know his stats look good, but he missed quite a bit of tackles when I rewatched the game. And really? Was, yeah, he. I know his stats look good, but the phrase stats never lie or whatever that is, that's lies. Evans, I'm not going to say he played terrible. He had his best game of his career, I think, but he definitely did not play well enough. Like, I don't even know what, what were his stats. I wasn't I, – uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even I, aware of those. I just know a sack and an interception. Oh, yeah. And that well, kind of just kind of on paper looks, hey, that's pretty good. Right, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I just – I mean, I'm used to them being so bad that – I'm used to them giving up like four or five touchdowns a game. And I think most of the touchdowns were on the outside. And that's something we do need to talk about. Uh, William Jackson kind of got cooked a little bit by Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, and I mean, I think other than that touchdown, Jackson was doing pretty well. But I was – when watching the – after he gave up the touchdown, I don't know if they showed this on camera, but 
looks like Jackson and Bass were kind of trying to figure out what just happened because Jackson immediately looked at Bass and kind of gave, like, I thought you were helping me. I yeah, think I it think was a cover three. I, I saw that too. I was about to bring that up. Uh, it looks like it looked like William Jackson was expecting safety help and there wasn't any there. Um, I believe in that play. I might be mistaken. I think they were in a, more of a cover one. Uh, am I am I wrong on that? I forget. It, it was either cover two or cover one. I, well, yeah. I'm just I'm trying to think if it was. I can't remember on top of. Actually, that. I think it was cover two. Now that I think about it, because I think yeah, Sean Williams was on the right side. So yeah, I mean. Jesse Bates probably should have been there. If it was cover two and – yeah. I, well, actually, would it have been cover two? Because if he was expecting safety help, uh, William Jackson kind of slowed down a little bit, didn't he? I, he was, as if he was in his own. I'd have – might be. I would have to – I'd have to, I'd have to, re, yeah, I'd have to rewatch the play because I don't remember seeing Williams, but at the same time, he really wasn't in my focus when the play was happening. Right, yeah. I don't know. Um but, yeah, uh, Drake or Patrick, I think he had a pretty good game, too. Uh, obviously, against Mike Evans, you're not going to lock him down. But, I mean, for what for what Drake or Patrick is and for what Mike Evans is, I think Drake or Patrick played very well. I mean, if you guys didn't know this, uh, earlier in the week it came out that uh, the Bengals are going to start using their corners as shadows instead of, like, on sides, meaning uh, William Jackson was going to be cover- covering Deshaun Jackson pretty much all the time and uh, Jacob Patrick would be covering Mike Evans pretty much all the time whenever they're all on the field. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think that worked to an extent. I'm just not even like no player really played bad. It was just the play calling. Like yeah, you, when you look at these plays, like you no, none of those players could have done anything about it in most cases. It was just shady play calling. Like I mean, yeah, that's basically like to it, and it's just weird because I mean. Other than kind of the blown coverages, all the corners played well. I actually do want to talk about Darius Phillips because yeah, he put he him in a situation great. where he has to cover Humphreys and Godwin, both two really solid receivers in this slot, kind of on an island almost. He was in man coverage a lot. I thought he did really well. Oh, he played great. Uh, that made me – I think he played better than Bernard would have played. Honestly. That makes, me really, that, that makes me really confident about the future with him. I know going into after the draft, I was a lot more excited than I was. I was a lot more excited about Darius Phillips than I was Devonta Harris Wait, because I, pumped. yeah, I, I mean, I, I hated the Harris pick, uh, but the Phillips pick I kind of liked just because I could see him as that feature slot guy, uh, especially seeing. I mean, Denard, yeah, he's a faster guy, but I do see Denard get. He, it's not that he's not fast; he's just not as quick as Phillips is, and that's something that I think is very necessary in the slot, especially on like slants and quick in routes and stuff like that so yeah I mean it made me very optimistic about the future with Darius Phillips I mean he's a great player Denard's a great player too but at the end of the day Denard's gonna want 10 million and Phillips is gonna cost 500,000 yeah and and I said it perfectly and when we drafted Phillips I was kind of thinking future slot guy I didn't think he was gonna be this good this quick because he's kind of neither did I high he had high upside but because of how much upside he had he's kind of seemed like he wasn't going to make an impact right away. We I remember on like might have been our first podcast when we were discussing the rookies. We were kind of thinking, okay, Harris might look a little better early on just because he's kind of built a little he's more built ready. For it. Yeah, yeah, but Phillips would come along and be better down the road. And Phillips from I know Harris hasn't played in a regular season game, but based off preseason what we see now Phillips, Phillips is obviously much better. Yeah, which is really good to see and this also tells us that the Bengals are developing him, which is something we're not always good at. Right, right. Oh, excuse me. 
I'm a little tired. Uh, <laughs> but um, what one thing we didn't talk about? Um, who do you think we sign or more well, yeah sign or pick up off the practice squad to replace Carl Lawson? Do you think they? I I kind of want to see the guy. I forget his name now. I was really high on him. Ronald in the Jones. What? Or is it Jones, the defensive end? Yeah, the defensive end. Uh, Javon Roland Jones. Yeah, you're right. I would love to see us pick him back up. Uh, I don't think it's likely. I don't. Even, is he on a team right now? I don't think he Not is. That I'm aware of. Like, I really haven't been keeping up to date, but I'm sure I would have saw something if he did sign. I saw one with every other person we had. Yeah, I would. I would love to see him on the team. I he's. I think he was our best college free agent that we had, and I don't. I don't really understand why we cut him as early as we did. That never really. I never really got an explanation from that uh, of that in through Twitter or through any of the guys I know or anything like that. So that was kind of that was kind of shocking to learn early on. But I mean, it, it is what it is. He's a college free agent. It's not a huge deal. But I mean, now that there's a spot, a roster spot open, I'd love to see him on the team. For sure. And if we do go somebody on our practice squad, who do you think it would be? I I have not been updated with the practice squad uh, lately just because it kind of changes throughout the year. Um, I'm trying to think. I I almost want to say that – so right now they have Chapeau, Washington, Atkins, Billings, Michael Johnson, Hubbard, Dunlap, Willis. That's eight, right? Yeah. So and then yeah, I was gonna think I was gonna say they might pick up Worley just because of their struggling at linebacker play, but I don't. Maybe they go with eight at defensive line and pick up Worley, or is Brandon Bell in the practice squad? I believe he is, right? Yeah, they just they just put him back onto the practice squad, so he could easily come back or yeah, be called up um, because the Bengals like him. I think. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, another guy that so the two linebackers. Um, Hmm, probably there's Worley, like I said, there's I mean I guess they could pick up uh Andrew Brown. I guess that's the most but logical option. Almost forgot about him. Just he was another pick we didn't really like. Yeah, I didn't really like that pick, but I think that I mean I think that would work just because he was a guy he's not gonna help you on the edge at all. Mm-mm. But it picking up him would allow you to use Michael Johnson outside more than we are right now. So I guess that would be the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if I had to guess, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So we'll see about that. That'll probably get, we'll probably know more tomorrow or ho- hopefully Wednesday we have it, have an answer. And since we're heading to bi-week trade deadline is coming up very, very soon. Do you think the Bengals make any trades? No, <laughs> no. Uh, I can dream, but no, they're not. Uh, I'd love to have Patrick Peterson on my team. I'd love to trade for a linebacker. Um, I, it's just not going to happen at this point. I know Duke Tobin said that they're going to – I don't know if it was Duke Tobin or Marvin, but one of them said that they're going to explore options. I I don't see it. I mean, I uh, – They might just, explore, but they might see uh, Derek Carson be like, no, we don't want to spend that much. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's happening. They're just too cheap. I don't. I mean, I don't understand why they wouldn't. Just because, I mean, we're, we're forgetting we have like five sixth round picks coming into this year, uh, for twenty nineteen. Just because of all these compensatory picks and all these like, wait or not waiver wire these like 
uh, pre-cut day trades. Uh, sorry, that was my dog. If you heard the caller, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think we got one. I think we got one of them for Ben Ben Workery two years ago. Yeah, and that was like a 2019 sixth or something like that. And then we got another one in a trade in 2018. And we have like four. We have like five or six six round picks. It's absolutely absurd. We're not going to ever use them all. Yeah, I mean, they're just going to end up as cuts anyway. So you might as well trade them. Yeah, exactly. Like, who's going to be better, a solid starter in NFL or some project guy who most don't even work out in the NFL? Well, I mean, even I don't think we're gonna get a starter for a sixth round pick, obviously, but I think we can get a guy that's like, I mean, my my view on it is, the guy that we trade a sixth round pick might have the same chance, probably has the same chance as an actual sixth round pick working out, fine, but at least like you can't, you can only keep so many players on your roster at the same time. Right now, we have a free roster spot with Carl Lawson. After the season ends, all the people that we have on IR right now are gonna be guys that we probably would use on the fifty three. And the guys that we take with the six-round picks are going to be fighting for those spots, which are going to be more limited, and they're not going to make it, or at least some of them won't. Whereas right now, we have an open spot already. We don't have a new draft class to try and integrate into. Might as well. We can figure out what they're worth, and if they're not worth anything, we can cut them at the end of the season, and we lose a six-round pick. Big whoop. Yeah. You know, very, very little risk, too. So I wish the Bengals would try and do something. They won't. And okay, just because we haven't brought it up, I don't – yeah, we haven't. was the Browns, Hugh Jackson got fired, and so did Todd Haley. I think I did bring that up, actually. I don't think we did. Because I think when we had the – we were having some technical difficulties early, and we got disconnected. And I think we just started off talking about the game. Okay. Well, yeah, Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson got fired from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, kind of shocking, Todd Haley was – looked at to be the successor of Hugh Jackson. Uh, now Greg Williams is going to be the interim head coach, and we assume he's also going to continue to be the de- defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. We don't really know yet. Uh, that will probably come out in the coming days. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we got on the Bengals and AFC North. Uh, you ready to move on to tight ends? Yeah, let's get to it. And we're going to start with Noah Fant. Yeah, we can start with Noah Fant. Uh Noah Fant, and you guys are gonna you guys are gonna learn about my rankings in a little bit, and a lot of you guys might not be happy about it. Uh, I'm not gonna, actually I'm not gonna reveal where I have Noah Fant right now. Uh, I do have him as a late first round pick. Uh, he has great hands, great speed. His release, acceleration, and separation skills are amazing. Uh, he has a pretty versatile route tree. He has experience lining up in line, although you probably he's a guy who you probably want in the slot more often than not. Uh, he has lined up in at H back, which is like almost like a fullback. Uh, he lines up at slot. He lines up pretty much everywhere. Uh, he's he's outstanding uh, running great or not great. Sorry, he's outstanding running vertical and deep routes. Great at readjusting the throws. Great versus zone coverage, and he has the speed to beat good and fast cornerbacks. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he ran like a high four fours. Um, he's good at deep comeback routes as well. Uh, he's and he's best lining up in the slot or outside. Uh, some cons about him: I do have a lot more cons than most people on him. Uh, he's not very, He's just flat out not a good blocker, in my opinion. Bad. Yeah, I mean, he reaches, lunges, doesn't get low, bad leverage, gets beat a ton. Uh, he has great footwork, but he he makes steps to or he has great footwork in his routes, obviously, but he he makes too many steps on his sharper routes, meaning 
like 90 degrees you're in and it just he essentially almost stops before he changes direction and that just ends up like the his the guy who's shattering him won't have to do much to cover him well and he's essentially just he's just stopping and he as he's out of the play pretty much um he's just i don't know how to explain it like when he takes weight like his footwork's great but he just takes too many steps to make his cuts essentially and that's more apparent in the short comeback routes in the in routes and the slants and not not so much the slants because it was kind of open more obtusely but anything like that has a sharp break to it he's not very good at at all and he can't really be relied on in that um and the only other thing I really have on him is he's just not very he's not a strong player and that's kind of evident in his blocking but and he also needs to be a little more aggressive in that uh I know he's he reaches and lunges a lot but so I guess aggressive isn't the right word. He needs to be more he, – he needs to be aggressive but more thought out about his blocking, I guess. He needs to have a plan of attack. Completely agree. And when watching him, I kind of think he's going to be a little better and more athletic version of Mark Andrews because last year when – Mark Andrews was somebody who I really wanted. And Andrews was kind of a receiving tight end who couldn't block. So I think can could kind of be a – better version of that coming out this year I, th- I like that comp a lot but I do think Mark Andrews was a is a better blocker than he is than Noah Fant is and I, I think Noah Fant is a much better pass blocker than he is a run blocker but I mean a guy like Noah Fant you don't want him pass blocking anyway you want him catching the ball you want him running routes so when I look at tight ends that have great upside as pass catchers I really I'm more focused on the run blocking and that's where his biggest issue he's that's where he's worse at he's worse at He's very, but he's very bad at run blocking, and he just can't hold his blocks. He gets bullied. I mean, terrible leverage. It's just it it goes on and on for me. Um, but yeah, that's what I got into a fan. Um, what is that? Did I pretty much cover everything? Or? No, you, you took away everything I was going to say. So sorry, my bad, my bad. No, you're good. Uh, do you want to go with Albert O next? Albert O. Yeah, I can start with him. Um. I think he's a little more consistent with his traits. Uh, I think he's a better overall blocker than Fan. Uh, I think Fan's a better receiver than him, but oh, he's he's, he's just consistent. But he's he, in my opinion, he has limited upside. Uh, I'm gonna pull up what I wrote about him real quick, just so I don't miscue anything. But the thing I know, scouting. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just – I was looking at him. Just Honestly, just, I want to bring this up just because we're talking about how bad fans' blocking was. I just think as a NFL protocol tight end, you have to block, and he's much better at it, at least in the run game area. He's going to make those blocks. Uh, and I remember – I forget who the Ravens drafted, but when the Bengals took Tyler Croft, they kind of viewed Croft as tight end one in that draft class because they – Croft was a good receiver but also a really good blocker. You're thinking of Max Williams, aren't you? Max Williams, yes, yes. Yeah. And I kind of – I could see that happening with Alberto and Fant this year. Uh, see, I, I kind of disagree with Albert uh, on that on Albert Rowe. I think he's a great pass blocker. I think he's probably the – well, I don't want to say the best because the best pass blocker is going to come up next. Um, he's my personal favorite. But 
he's a great pass blocker. Uh, he he dominates opposing edge rushers. I mean, he he looks like a left tackle out there. Um, he dominates at the point of attack. He's a great mismatch because of because of his great size uh, when he's running routes, obviously. But uh, he's a strong player. He tons of potential. Great length. He runs very smoothly. Um, mentally and fundamentally, though, I think he does need another year. Uh, as a run blocker, I see him getting caught unbalanced a lot more often than he really should. Uh, his route running needs work because he kind of rounds his routes a lot. He doesn't really have his cuts aren't that great. Um, his route tree is also limited, and he because he pretty much just runs like flat routes and posts and the occasional slant. But that's that was maybe like twice in the three games I watched of him. Uh, but most most of his issues can be fixed with time and experience, and I, I believe he's a redshirt sophomore. So I think he'd be better off staying another year because I think next year he would have a very high chance at being a top two tight end and probably drafting the first two rounds. Right now I have him as a third rounder, uh, and that's even a little bit generous. I might say might push that to mid to late third round. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's 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 a great red zone target. He has he gets a lot of those red zone targets. Uh, great pass blocker, and he is used a little bit more of a pa- as a pass blocker than as a pass catcher. And that was interesting because the first game I watched, I, it was probably maybe 50 reps of him just <laughs> essentially playing uh, in line and just pass blocking. And I, I was like, well, this is going to be a boring eval, but uh, yeah, he kind of turned it around in the coming games. Obviously I, I watched the Idaho game and I watched the uh, Texas game and there's one more game. I forget what it was, but yeah, that's what I have on Albert. Um, next up is my personal favorite Dawson Knox. Uh, do you do you want to start on him, or do you, will you let me do it? No, you're really high on this guy. I'll let you start. <laughs> okay, I'm a little giddy about him. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert: Dawson Knox is my tight end one. I have him above Noah Fant. Uh, he's he's a great player. He's a best blocking tight end in this class, in my opinion. Uh, he's an elite run blocker. He's an elite pass blocker. I believe Noah Fant might have an edge on him as a pass blocker by by just a hair. But, I mean, I'm not – I don't know if I want to say that. Just because Noah Fant, he's, he's a guy that he gets it done in college, but I don't know if his pass blocking traits are going to translate to the NFL because of his size. So I'm, I'm not going to say that. I think Dawson Knox is the better, better pass blocking prospect. Um, he's not afraid to block for his like, – not only is he a great run blocker and pass blocker, uh, when he's running routes and let's say his wide receiver catches a post route and he's running a seam, when he sees that wide receiver catch the ball, he, he his first instinct is to turn around and look for people to block. Uh, he's he's a team player. Uh, he's, he's a complete tight end, really. I mean, he has great release, separation. It's great. Sneaky fast. He's, he's not quite up there with Noah Fant, obviously, but he's – he has good speed. I wouldn't be shocked to see him run in the four fives. Um, he's going to test very well overall. He's a very strong player, good, decent length. Um, that That's the one thing that he might not test well in is his measurables. But as an athlete, I think he's going to test great. Um, he's a very agile, smooth route runner, can cut on a dime. Uh, he's a lot better on those comeback, those uh, sharp angled routes than Fant is. Uh, he's a much more reliable target. He's almost like George Kittle in that, in the way and how he runs routes. Um, doesn't drop a thing. Great hands. I mean, you can line up anywhere, H back, fullback, slot, in line, whatever. I mean, he he lines up everywhere. Uh, 
he's asked to pull as a blocker as well, a lot as well. Um, he's just a great player. I love him a lot. He's a late first rounder for me as well. Um, he's he's only going to be a little bit ahead of Noah Fant just because Fant has that upside. But I mean, I think right now it's clear that he's a better player. Uh, some bad things I saw about him. I mean, kind of just nitpicking at this point, but. When he's uh, pass blocking, his mirror can be kind of inconsistent, meaning the way he follows the edge rusher. Um, not the most complicated route tree. And whenever he's in a three-point stance, he pretty much runs the same route. Uh, separation could need some work, but, like, it's not, not even a lot. It's just sometimes it's a little spotty. And I don't want to – it just – I'm just nitpicking right now. Uh, he's a great player. Top 20 player for me. Uh yeah, I mean, he's getting targets and receptions and yardage and touchdowns in a offense that is already stacked. With, that's like that has like three first round wide receivers on it. Well, not three first rounds, but like two first round wide receivers and like a second round wide receiver. But yeah, I, I love that guy. I mean, what did you think about him? And you kind of briefly brought it up, but I love his versatility. You can line him up whenever and wherever, and that's huge in today's NFL. And I agree with you. I think. Fan has a little higher upside, but he's also my tight end one. And I just – I also really like that you brought up that he always looks for people to block. He's a team player, and I just love that. Kind of as a football player myself, I value that. And I think I think he will end up going ahead of Fan just because I think – obviously, it's hard to tell right now where everybody's going to go, especially still ways to go to draft. But I think – he does go before Fant just because Fant is one-dimensional. Even though Fant has a good pass blocking, his run blocking, I think it's going to end up being a turnoff for scouts. And we could see Fant fall. And I have – oh, his name slipping my name at the second. Sorry, but I think he it does end up being tight end one. I think – yeah, I, I like Dawson Knox a lot. And I believe you had no Fant as your tight end one, correct? I did, but I'm kind of leaning towards – towards Dawson just because he's so versatile. And I think that's, that's underratedly important in NFL today. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I obviously agree. Um, I do think Fant ends up going after him just because Fant's athletic or Fant will end up going before him. Sorry. Uh, just because I think teams are going to fall in love with Fant's athleticism and uh, upside. I don't think they should. I, well, I, I think they should fall in love with him. I just think Dawson Knox should go ahead just because he's a finished product, in my opinion. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot a lot of George Kittle in him. Um, I think I, – I believe George Kittle, Kittle was Iowa, too. Um, there's, there's Iowa tight ends. Uh, wait, no. My, sorry, I'm I'm getting my guys mixed up. Noah Fant went to Iowa. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we do see – I do see some George Kittle in uh, – <laughs> And Dawson Knox. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what we got on the tight ends this week. We were we were planning on doing Caden Smith, but um, there wasn't really any film available on him. We only saw one game. We, we really didn't want to give you guys a scouting report over one game because that's kind of lazy. But um, next week, do you want to do some interior offensive linemen? Yeah, in the sense of the bye week, we can do five to six. Five to six, yeah, I agree. Uh, I already have a few of them done. I got eager. But uh, so – I already have um, Jake Hansen done out of Oregon, center out of Oregon. Tyler Biadaz, I think is how you pronounce it, Something out of Wisconsin, like the Wisconsin center. And I also have Chris Lind- Lindstrom out of Boston College done. He's the right guard, slash right tackle. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, sneak peek, I'm low on Chris Lindstrom, but we'll see. Uh, I also, who else do you want to look at for next week? I kind of covered the main ones. I'll see if I find anybody while I'm scouting, but. We can do uh, Bo Bo, Bo Benchwazel, also out of Wisconsin if you want. Yeah, why not? And then uh, the Alabama guard, Ross, Pierre Bacher, or something like that. Bacher, yeah. Pierre Bacher, I I don't know how to say it. I mean, so all these French names. names. So many weird names this year. No. Albert O, Biadaz, Ross Pierre Bacher, Bo Benchwayle, <laughs> or whatever. It's a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, we can cover those five guys. And if I find anyone else that I like, I might have to add them in. I've had a bad habit of doing that. Yeah, uh, I'll see if I can find anybody too. And I guess we'll surprise you guys with some other prospects next week, maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. See how busy I am. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye week next week. Uh, pretty much just going to go around the NFL a little bit and talk about some prospects like we just said. But, yeah, Huda, thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys later. Huda. Huda.